Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Maisie, just a, a quick one. Uh, in short, you, you've, you would have coached um, both team sport players and individual athletes. What's the biggest difference? Is, it, is there a real selfishness with individual athletes? Yeah, selfishness, self-centeredness. Uh, if you get the self-centeredness right, they yeah. can still assimilate back into the real world. Right. Selfishness, some elite athletes that I have worked with, trained with, often never make the transition back. So I think naturally in a team sport, you've got 11, 13, 15, 18 in AFL. So you actually have to know about team and about communication. Otherwise, you just get hooked. So yeah, I find... It's much tougher, though, in, in individual sports. Like, if you look at an Olympic sport, we're talking about Ollie Hall. If he wins, it's his fault. If he loses, it's his fault. I'm sure you've had a, yeah. a, a game, Phil. Uh, and what's, what's, what, well, the, back, the backs are more like individuals, are they? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know. They do swap makeup colours and things like that. that they do. But, but nail polish now, isn't it? Nail polish No, actually, it was, it's a really good question because I didn't know I was allowed to ask questions, but no, I was going to yeah. ask you that because I, you think about a tennis player and all they do all day is think about themselves yep. and then when they're sick about thinking about themselves, they hire someone to think about them. And, yeah. and like, how do you have... The only normal tennis player I ever met was um, was Paddy Rafter. And I think that's because he had about a 1,000 brothers and sisters. And, like, you have to care about other people yeah. in that We're scenario. getting into a domain. I'll do this short, Shana, because this is what I do in my podcast. Yeah. But when we talk about mental skills... Individual or team athletes, Phil, you look at that base, so what's the storytelling, but also what's your identity? And if an athlete is the rugby player, the cricket player, the water polo, water polo athlete, and they're nothing else outside that, they're the ones that really struggle because invariably the tournaments and the trophies come and go and you're left with you and relationships and what you are. So I spend a lot of time with our young players at Parramatta. Who are you outside of rugby league? Uh, you know, what, what do you do in the community? What are your hobbies and interests? And uh, but I, I, I've got five of our players at Parramatta studying, and I, and I think that's the biggest achievement I've made there personally. Yeah. Because what are they studying? Uh, psychology. Right. Okay. Only psychology. Ryan Madison's doing a, a combined uh, phys ed psych. Uh, Will Panasini's doing a, a business course. Oh, I look, look forward to seeing the results. <laughs> <laughs> now, can, can I ask? I've got a question. Fail. I just, Fail. <laughs> <laughs> um, for both of you, I was thinking about this. You, you got to both two World Cups each in, in two yeah, very challenging, tough sports. A lot of athletes don't make the transition to then a life outside that. Let's say the business world, philanthropy, whatever it is. So, Phil, I'll start with you first. What did you do to get down? Eddie Cowan said this beautifully. You get to the top of a mountain and then you can see the next mountain and a lot of elite athletes think you're just going to paraglide across. But you've got to come down and start again. So what did you do? Uh, I was lucky because half of my career was amateur and the other half was professional. So the amateur game, you knew that you had to have a life outside. And so you were preparing for that you know, 10 years in advance. Um, so it was always in the back of your mind that that's, that's what you had to do. And so when you'd go to a function or whatever it might be, I'm going to talk to that dude because I don't know what they do, but they could be <laughs> important to me in the yeah. future. But, you know, without consciously saying that to yourself, that's essentially what you were doing. And that's how you mix with people and that's how you built your contacts and that's what makes the world go around. But it also gives you a broader perspective on life. And, you know, a lot of athletes do the same to me as they would to you. They say, what, what should I do when I finish rugby? 
And I go, okay, well, first thing you do is you write down all the things that you don't want to do, and then that narrows the thing of what you do want to do, and then you start working through, as you would, with their skills and what can they do moving forward and try and give them some sort of basis for, for that. And confidence. I remember chatting to one of the swimmers who will re- remain nameless, uh, but he, he said to me one of the issues he had is there was only two things in his life. From the time he was a little boy all the way through to winning Olympic medals, there was time and there was distance. They are the only two factors in his life. And when you go out to the big world, there's a billion other factors yeah. that you've got to take into in the, in the it's, it's really interesting what you said because I think my timing wise I started for New South Wales in 1989 I know you made your debut in 89 I finished in 2002 and 89 and 95 was semi-professional I think I put the semi in professional then. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then from that next part it was and yeah so I went to university and, and knew I had to study to, and I wanted to too I wanted to you know you're in a real bubble in an elite sporting team and uh, if you get caught up in that sort of you get bogged down in the minutiae of, of that existence but you I want to you, you're flipping on this and you're going I studied yeah. but yeah. You, you did you played two World Cups you retired pretty young you were 29, 29 you had yeah. knees we'll try yeah. to get them sorted out and yeah. you and I had some, some discussions on yeah. that as well at the time and good Paddy Farhart yeah. I think said mate get out of here yeah. <laughs> go yeah. do something else but but what did you do because you know, you've with Maxi built and sold a business and been successful and now what you're doing well, with podcasting? For, for me, I, I always found um, all my mates that I, I sort of, um, I've still got now, were, ma- were mates outside of cricket. So I wasn't relying on my teammates. Um, I wanted to get out of that world. I was always interested in other people. And, and I remember those functions. I, I was one of the few guys actually talking to everyone. And and it wasn't. Yeah, it's so important. And, and, and you, you never know where you're going to end up. And, and the big thing is be nice. Hi, it's Andrew, and thanks for listening to this bite-sized edition of the Performance Intelligence Podcast. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, you can find the Performance Intelligence Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. You can listen to High Performer Series, where I sit down with a leader in sport, business, entertainment, the arts, multiple domains, and look at the factors that has helped make them successful. There's the Science Of, where we explore a topic and go deep with some of the world's leading experts. And Performer Spotlight, which is a case study with an individual, it could be a small team or it could be a large organisation, on what they have done to achieve performance intelligence. And if you would like to support the podcast, please make sure to subscribe to get the latest episodes as soon as they come out and leave a comment and rating as we really do appreciate the feedback.